Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Denise Thomas. Jason Brown is the author of Margin Matters, How to Live on a Simple Budget and Crush Debt Forever. The book chronicles the journey of he and his wife's efforts to pay off $75,000 in debt in three years. Additionally, the book shares Jason's thoughts on how to create more margin in your life, no matter how much money you make. In 2021, he released It Is Possible, How I Earned Two Debt-Free Degrees and How You Can Too. The book serves as the answer to the student loan debt crisis and provides strategies, tips, and hope to individuals who desire higher education without debt. Welcome, Jason. Jason, I'm so glad to have you with us today. It's so great to be here. I, I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to share some more of my debt-free degree stories with you. Well, I tell you, Jason, I get the vast majority, as you can imagine, of people who approach me have student loan debt. I mean, that's just all we hear, right? And right. I, matter of fact, I got an email from someone today asking, uh, you know, my daughter has this going on and it's going to cost a freaking fortune. What do we do? It's like, there's, you know, <laughs> choices. You have to make the right choices. So you did something that most people don't do. You earned two debt-free degrees, two. Not just two undergrads, which by the way, is easier than doing what you did. You got an undergrad and a master's degree, both debt-free. True. Talk to us a little bit about that. How on in the world, first of all, you're pushing my age. <laughs> okay, so you didn't do this, um, you know, your, your parents didn't just hand you a buttload of money. No. They didn't no. start saving money by the time you were born and suddenly by some miracle had enough. Nope. You were not a student athlete that nope. got a full ride. Nope. Were you the epitome of, oh my gosh, he's just brilliant and a genius. And so they just handed you money. Nope, man, no academic scholarships or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of different, uh, I guess, avenues I took to, to uh, pay for, for the schooling. And uh, I, I actually went to both. So I'll, I'll give some clarity. I'm 46 and uh I went to undergrad in the mid to late 90s. So obviously, college was much less expensive then. However, I did go back to school uh, more recently and earned my master's degree from 16 to 18. So that is uh, uh, right in the, the height of this student loan debt crisis with, with college tuitions being very, very high like they are now. So I, I actually earned both degrees at Kennesaw State University, which is located just north of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, when I started my undergrad, 
uh, the school was was back then it was a commuter school. So I actually lived at home. Um, I, that was that was one way I saved a lot of money. My parents allowed me to live at home. So I just drove to school It was seven miles to campus. Uh, so that was a huge savings right there. So the other savings, of course, is the fact that I stayed in state and went to a public school that saved me a tremendous amount of money. Now, when I was in school, I was also working. I worked at Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A has a scholarship program. So, so I, I actually was able to earn. Now, back then, their, their scholarship program is not as robust as it is now. So, so back then, I only earned a $1,000 scholarship during my time there. Now, they, I, I want to say they give like 2500 bucks a year. And then there's a bigger one that you can apply for that's like 25000 So they've really improved their scholarship program since my time at working there. So I got a scholarship at Chick-fil-A. Um, I ended up working like three part-time jobs. So I, I was working jobs on campus. I was working as the sports editor for the student newspaper. I was studying you know, broadcast journalism at the time. So I wanted to get into sports and stuff. So, so then I went and worked in the athletics department. So I was helping them out. And then um, I also got a retail job right across the street from campus. There's a mall. So I went and worked at, a, at, a, at the local mall across the street. So I was working all these different part-time jobs, making money. Of course, it, you know, it, was, it was challenging you know, going to school and stuff. And then I also got, um, so I started working in the athletics department, but they really didn't have a budget to pay me. So I was doing it just for the experience and, and getting internship credits and stuff. And after several years, the athletic director kind of got creative in compensating me. So my junior year, he put me on a book scholarship. So, so I had all my books paid for my junior year. And then my senior year, he actually did. I know you mentioned athletic scholarship. I was no athlete, but he actually gave me an athletic scholarship. He, I got a full scholarship for my senior year through the athletic department. And to my knowledge, I was the first non-athlete non to get an athletic scholarship. So that was a, a very uh, blessing. It was a huge surprise and, and, a, and a blessing that, that something that I never would have even expected to happen. So that really, that paid for my entire senior year. And then the other things I did to save money in undergrad, of course, I bought used books. And then I also went, uh, because I was paying it out of my own pocket, paying as I went. So I actually went part-time a lot uh, because that's all I could afford. So of course, by doing that, you get way behind. So then I started going to summer school every year. So I went to summer school three years in a row, took a, at least one class just to try to get caught up a little bit. So I was going to school year round, but I was just stretching it out and just paying what I could afford. Uh, so my undergrad ended up uh, taking about five and a half years to get the to get that degree. So that's awesome, though. I mean, it's I think we forget that there are options to doing this, right? And the, right, right. There's so many. Right. You know, all of that is, you have probably done almost, not every, but almost every strategy that there is to getting your, your degree paid for or paying it on, on your own as you go without ending up with debt. Because nobody said that you have to do this in four years. Okay. You Correct. are the, the difficulty people say, oh, well, it costs more money when you go longer. Yes and no. Mm -hmm. the, the cost is not in the tuition and fees because that is being paid, believe it or not, by the number of credit hours. 
you, you end up paying more for school if you don't have the right degree, if you change degrees and your previous credits don't count. That's what can take more time and cost you more money. The part, so if you stay with a particular degree plan and you're stretching it out over time, and I've known many people who've done this, my dad was one, then the cost for doing that would be perhaps being in the dorm. If you're only going part-time and they let you stay in the dorm part-time, which most of them don't these days, you have to be full-time to be in the dorm anyway. Uh, that can cost right. a lot of money, but living at home, staying with your parents and going to a more local regional university in your state can definitely be a way to do this. Another yeah. thing you mentioned was working during school. Mm -hmm. I did that. I also didn't have college paid for with scholarships. Uh, one of the things that I try to caution families about because they're not aware of this is that these days, almost every high school has AP classes and honors classes that they are adding additional points to GPA for. Colleges okay. unweight those GPA points. Okay. So if you have a four point something GPA weighted with those AP courses, and then they unweight that GPA and now it's a 3.7 something unweighted. Right. Scholarship requires a 3.8. Guess who doesn't get the scholarship? Right. Okay. That was me. When I was in high school, we got extra points for honors courses and higher level classes like that. I had all these cool honors classes. Woo I thought I was getting a scholarship because I met that GPA requirement mm -hmm. at my school. And then they said, oops, recalculating your GPA, you missed it by that much. I mean, literally wow. 0. 0.0 something something missing it. Wow. Man. I got younger siblings. They didn't take those courses the following year because they okay. learned by example to get right. the scholarships the right way. Because you have to realize, yes, colleges are looking for course rigor, but you don't have to take 15 AP classes to show that. They just want to know you can pass college courses. That's it. So take a right. few, but you don't necessarily have to take all of them, but always take the ones that you know you can do extremely well on. Exactly. Suck at science. Don't take AP chemistry. Because you might get a B or a C and think about that actual B or C counting in your GPA. Rather yep. take the regular chemistry and get the B or A and get a higher GPA. Uh, I also worked, as I mentioned, three jobs. Yep. This can, it can work, but you just have to figure yep. this out in advance. You, you can't go into it saying, well, XYZ school is 50 grand. So I guess we're just going to have to take out loans and right. $200,000 in debt when you graduate. <clears throat> there are other ways of doing this. So Jason, yeah, how is this possible for our kids to do this? I mean, how can they actually avoid the student loan debt? Yeah. Well, well be away. yeah. And I want to share real quick my master's degree story, because that's a little bit more relevant in today's time. Uh, so real quick. Um, so I actually got a job full time at my alma mater at Kennesaw State University. I was working as a it was a marketing role um, and I was working full time for the university. So one of the perks 
as an employee of the university is they will actually pay uh, for you for your tuition. They have a it's called the TAP program, which stands for Tuition Assistance Program. So I, uh, you know, signed up for that. And so so I had all my tuition paid for, but I, I just had to pay for books out of my own pocket. So even though I had that tuition paid for, I still applied for scholarships to pay for the books. And I actually uh, won two small scholarships that totaled $1,500, which was by far more money than I needed for books because I bought all used books and actually borrowed books from other classmates that had just taken those classes. Uh, so I just borrowed books and you know gave them back to people. And I avoided paying hundreds of dollars for books just by doing that. And then the books that I bought used, I just sold them back on eBay or Amazon or what have you, wherever I bought it from. But uh, so I got the tuition money. And then uh, what happened was I didn't actually finish school. I actually changed jobs before I graduated uh, with my master's degree. So I got a job in the private sector where I'm working now. But my company that I'm at now, they have a tuition reimbursement program. So that was the first thing I did my first day on the job was I couldn't sign up for that uh, fast enough. I'm filling out the application and they paid. Uh, for the rest of my schooling through a through a reimbursement program, the employer paid for that. Uh, so so with the master's program, I actually made money from that from those scholarships that I didn't use all that money for books. Um, and, and I had that master. Now, I, I never would have been able to afford any of that out of pocket. And I was not about to go into any type of debt. Um, I want to say I, I tried to figure out the, the value of that that master's degree program was was well over it, just the tuition alone would have been well over $20,000. It was a two year program. Uh, so so I had all that completely paid for uh, just, you know, for, from all those different avenues that I just mentioned. And, and th th these things are out there. So the tuition reimbursement program, this is a big trend right now with employers. You're seeing it in the news. You, you see the big name companies in the news. You know, Target just recently announced that they're going to be uh, doing this for their employees. I, I think Publix, Costco, you know, of course, Starbucks, you hear about them doing it. Uh, all the, all the, you know, the trendy companies, uh, you know, they get the publicity for it. But there's lots of companies that are doing this now because they want to, they value their employees and they want them to get higher education so they can be a better employee for the company. So it's a win-win. So like for me, I'm a professional writer and I went back to school and got a master's in professional writing. So of course my employer, this lines up exactly with what I do. Of course, they're going to want me to do this and to support me. And they want to, Hey, we want to help you, you know, financially pay for this because it's going to make you a better writer for us, for our employee, for our, for our company. So, so it's, a, it's, it's, you know, th these things are out there. You just have to kind of research it. And Hey, if you're in the job market right now, cause you know, here we, here we are in, in the pandemic, the great res resignation, everybody's quitting their jobs and looking for new jobs, you know, look for, look for a company that offers this, look for a company that offers tuition reimbursement programs, and then you'll have the opportunity to get further education uh, paid for. Uh, so this is, that's one of the big ones. Um, let's see, you wanted to say, what were some of the other, uh, things that we could do to avoid debt? Um, obviously, uh, we talked about working. Um, now I know I don't have to tell you apply for every scholarship and grant you can, but this is one that we haven't mentioned yet is this dual enrollment program. Now yeah. this, this program, I had never heard of this before and I'm sitting in grad school. This is actually a kind of a funny story I want to tell you. So I'm sitting in grad school 
in a creative writing class. And I think I was 40 years old, 42 at the time. And this kid sitting next to me, and I, and I, don't, I don't mean that derogatory, he, he, the 17 year old high school kid. I said, well, I said, you know, I turned to him and said, what are you doing here? How are you here? And so, so actually this class was, they call it a cross listed class. Uh, so this is the way that uh, colleges and universities are cutting budget is they're, they're having classes with grad students and undergrads together. They're mixing them in together, which, you know, some people don't really care for that, but that's just the world we live in now with the budget cuts. So I'm sitting in this class. So he's there as an undergrad and I'm there as a grad student and he's a 17 year old high school kid. And he starts telling me about this dual enrollment program that he's in. And I said, well, what is that? He says, well, you know, I graduated a semester early from high school and now I'm taking college classes. And when I go off to college, he was going to go to University of Alabama the next year. He says, when I go off to college, I'm actually going to start as a sophomore. So, so he starts a year ahead and the state now in Georgia, the state pays for everything. Now I think it's different in each state, how they handle this, but in Georgia, they pay for everything. They pay for all his books to it. All his costs are paid by the state. So he basically got his first year of college for free, taken care of, knocked out and not only is he saving the money, he's saving a year's time. So now when he goes off to college, he can, he can potentially graduate in three years and be a year ahead of all his peers in the job market. That's one more year of, of salary he's going to potentially get. So they're, the, the benefits of a dual enrollment program are, are tremendous. So he's telling me this story, and I'm thinking about my two-year-old son at the time. Like, okay, how do I get my two-year-old son signed up for this? Can, can we go ahead and do this right now? So, so that was, uh, that's one that, you know, I tell people about that, that you really, really want to look into uh, if you can pull that off. Yeah, there, there are so many opportunities. And, uh, you know, you mentioned dual enrollment. It's a great way at the, at the bare minimum. It's another great way of showing colleges, your four-year university, that you can do college level work while you're in high school. So it doesn't have to be AP classes, doesn't have to be honors classes, but if you take dual enrollment, that's just another avenue of showing the colleges that you can do this, you can pass and graduate. Their graduation rate is one of the metrics that they're judged on. So colleges are very interested in that. They wanna know that you can handle college level work. And I always look at people and say, look, not every path is the right path for every person. Right. You have to do the math. You've got to sit there with a spreadsheet and figure out if this is the best course of action for your teenager. And the reason is this, what we call entering freshman scholarships are by far the largest chunk of change you're going to get. If you have great academics in high school and, you know, all these cool, some type of extracurricular and whatever. If you've got what the college is looking for and they're willing to pay you to attend, then that entering level scholarship is going to be the biggest chunk of change for free that you're going to get. However, if you transfer from one college to another, whether it's via dual enrollment or something else, sometimes you are still allowed to get entering freshman scholarships, sometimes not. Depends on how you do it depends on how much actually transfers. So you have to look at that, look at the full picture. It's not the right way for everyone because if you're not getting those scholarships, well, maybe starting at a junior college is the best financial move. But exactly. it might not be if you're transferring 
from junior college to your four year and you would have gotten that four year scholarship versus a transfer scholarship because those are really, really teeny tiny. There are so many opportunities and I love that you mentioned tuition reimbursement. I had always known that there were some number, not a large number, but some number of companies such as Chick-fil-A and Target that have college programs that actually let their employees attend college and get mm -hmm. their degree or get some portion of their degree on the dime of the company. And that's usually very restricted to the type of degree that the company wants them to have because let's, you know, Target doesn't want a music degree that doesn't help Target, right? Right. Our business degrees would be awesome. Retail, marketing, any of that. Right. And usually it comes with the string attached that says you have to do it at this particular institution because they've got a, they've already negotiated the rate. They know how much they're paying. Exactly. But when you mentioned tuition reimbursement, I totally had forgotten about that. When I was reviewing literally thousands of postgraduate job applications a couple of years back, I did notice a few of those job offers came with tuition reimbursement. That is freaking awesome mm -hmm. for kids that have a few student loans they're trying to get rid of. You know, yeah. uh, sure, they're going to be limited. They're not going to pay you $200,000 debt, but they may pay some number of zeros towards it. It, hey, some money's better than nothing, right? And you're still exactly. getting to be an employee. So that's definitely a huge perk, you know? For sure. So I, I love that, that you mentioned, uh, you know, the scholarships. What was really interesting to me as well, we think about the college employee, we think of that as being, oh, well, if my parent worked for the college, then I could go to that college for free. Right. I think very few are thinking about the possibility of, wait a minute, if I get a job there first, as a grad, you know, I've graduated, I'm an undergrad, I've got my degree, and I get a job back at the university. Hmm, let's talk about that tuition deal that they have for employees. Mm -hmm. Because that's a pretty smoking deal. Right. It's worth it. It's it's definitely worth it. Um, if you are you know, looking to, to increase your education and, and go back and get any type of degree. If you want to go get another bachelor's or maybe you didn't finish your bachelor's and you just want to go back and finish it. That's happened to a lot of people. A lot of my friends went to school and, and never finished. So that could be an opportunity to go back and, Hey, I, I have two semesters left. Let me finish it up and, and the school will pay for it. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. You know, one of the things that people and the media like to toot is the high cost of college. Right. And the truth is though, it's the sticker price that's high. Almost no one pays the sticker price. You have to want to pay the sticker price. That's right. It, it, seriously, I mean, think it's about true. it as, as uh, it's going to a car dealership. You're gonna get a car. Well, you usually will have a budget in mind. You know that this is how much you're willing to pay per month. This is about what you're willing to, to sacrifice. And you walk into that dealership expecting to find something in that range. If you don't, you move on. You, 
find another dealer. Yep. But we're not looking at colleges in the same way, and we should be. Because when I go to a dealership, if, and it's a big if, if I'm going to pay full freight for that vehicle, they better be offering more than just, here's your car. Mm -hmm. I want some free services thrown in. I want to know that if I walk in there for an oil change, that they're going to give me a loaner car so I can go get my grocery shopping done. I want to make sure that I'm being treated the way I deserve to be treated based on the fact that I'm spending a lot of money and I'm not negotiating the price. Colleges do the same thing, mm -hmm. but we're not told this is possible. For the vast majority, for like 75% of kids attending colleges and universities, they're paying 56% of the sticker price. Oh, oh, yeah. That, see, you don't hear that in the news. They're not going to tell you that because nope. they're banking on that 25% paying the full price. Mm -hmm. so you have right. to pay attention to where you're applying. There's 4,000 four-year colleges and universities in the U.S. Pick the one that wants you and is willing to give you a scholarship. Because trust me, there's somebody somewhere that's either willing to do that or there's another path such as going to a junior school or working to get the, the, the degree. If you have figured out how to do these things and you're still a little short, number one, scholarships abound. There are scholarships for everybody, no matter what grade level that the child or the teen or the adult is in. And there's also jobs on campus. That is true. A lot of opportunities on campus. A lot of them. The biggest and best one is becoming an RA, a resident assistant. Now that's tough to get. It's not an easy job. It does take up time as well when you do get it. But if you get the RA job, your dorm room is usually paid for. And that's a huge expense. Plus you get a paycheck, you know? Yep. That's a big, big help. Big it's help. Big help. So you can't do that as an entering freshman. You still have to have your ducks in a row going in. But that can be lanyard. That can be extra money if you've already got everything else taken care of. So just, just a lot of opportunities that I think families are missing. But I guess another question is, you know, what are some of the better or even cheaper alternatives to traditional college these days? Yeah, so there's so much now. Uh, just because now we live in the age of the internet and, and the digital world. And that has really increased so many opportunities now for us uh, that we may not have had, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So, so now, of course, you know, you mentioned it a couple of times, you know, community college is, is a much, much cheaper alternative. And, that, and that's where you would go and get like a two-year associate degree. And there's a lot of good jobs that you can get with a two-year associate degree that people probably don't realize if, if, until they do their research. Now, of course, there's online college, which we talked about a little bit, um, that there's that opportunity. But this is a big one, and I know you probably love this too, is, is, is the, the technical college or the trade, there's, there's different names for it. There's technical school, trade school, vocational school, right? So those are all kind of interchangeable. But th this is where if you 
have an idea of what you're interested in. And I know that's a big problem. Most people go to school because they don't know what they want to do yet. And they just want to go and figure it out. But if you know what you're interested in, and you can go to a trade school and, and learn that job specific skill, probably in at least half the time, and at least half the cost, most of the time, even more significant of, of a savings. Oh, yeah. And if you want to learn how to be, you know, for example, if you want to learn to be a, a culinary chef and you want to, you know, launch your own food truck business, or you want to start a catering company, something like that, you can go to a culinary school and, and do that in a year and maybe pay $10,000 versus, you know, going to school for four to six years, trying to get a bachelor's degree and you know paying eighty thousand dollars of student loans for basically the same thing so so there, there's so many opportunities in the trade school world now another one that's near and dear to my heart because this is where i actually used to work is the continuing education also known as professional education now that's on the non-credit side um and kennesaw state had one of the, has a college uh of professional education and what this is this is what we call is is caters to the working adult. This is for people that maybe um, never even finished high school and had to go back and get a GED. And they have decided, that, hey, I want to learn how to become a medical assistant, or I want to get a, a paralegal degree, you can I want to work in the in the law in the in the legal field, and I can go get a paralegal degree. And so that's you don't have to go to college, you can go get these these professional certificates, these are kind of similar to, to like a trade school. So you would go and you would go through a class, like, for example, the paralegal program, I want to say you can do that in one to two years and pay about $5,000. And, and then you get your certificate, your professional certificate, you can go get a job with with a law firm as a paralegal. There's so many opportunities like that, where if you know specifically what you want to do, you can go get the education you need, the targeted education you need at a fraction of the time and a fraction of the cost. Uh, another one is apprenticeships. There's a apprenticeship programs uh, that, that you can do. Uh, my sister did one of these. She, uh, she started working at a, at a hair salon, just working at the front desk, you know, checking people in. And the owner comes up to her and he says, hey, would you like to do an apprenticeship program with me? And she says, okay, I never really thought about that. What is that? He says, well, you work as an apprentice for two years. You work underneath the, you learn all about the business. You learn how to become a, a professional hair and makeup stylist. You go through the schooling, you get the certifications, and then you're out on your own. And that, that's what she did. It was a two-year program. She still got paid, uh, you know, whatever her as you know, when she was working there, she got paid a part-time hourly rate, but then now she's a professional hairstylist and makeup artist. And, and so there's, those. that's a tremendous route. If you know the industry or the field that you want to work in, you can be an apprentice. Now, of course, the military, there's a military option. We know that military isn't for everybody, but military is, uh, is good for a lot of people. And, and I, there's people that specifically go into the military just to get those military education benefits because they have like the GI Bill and the VA education uh, uh, reimbursements, but they will pay for all of your schooling. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of people make a career out of being in the military as well. And then, of course, there's internships, there's volunteering. This is another thing I did that when I wanted to work in athletics. Uh, this was down the road. This was after I was out of school. I wanted to get back in athletics. I just started, started, they didn't have any job openings. I said, well, hey, can I come in and volunteer once a week, like on a Friday afternoon for like two or three hours a day? 
you know, that's all I really had time to do. And I said, sure, come on in. So I started volunteering with them. And guess what? Guess who the first person is going to find out when there's a job opening? Me, because I'm already in there. I've already got my foot in the door. Uh, so, so that's another, op, you know, something to think of. Like, hey, if I, re if I really want to work at this company, this is my dream job, maybe they'll let you volunteer or, or an internship. Now, a lot of internships pay now. Most of them pay. I'll tell you, my company, I was surprised to find out my company, we, we pay our interns 20 bucks an hour. And I was like, what? You know, what? sign me up for that. You know, I, back in my day, it was extremely rare to get a paid internship. It was more like for course credit, but times have changed. And most internships are, are basically like, you know, like a, an hourly job. And, and those internships will lead to a full-time job. So, so that's another good one. Um, so th there's so much out there. That, that there's so many ways now that you can get higher education without the traditional college route. So, so that's the point. I mean, just, just do your due diligence and, and see what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to do the research and, you know, there's, there's so many choices out there. And what I've found too, is that if you're after the money, let's say you really need slash want a job that pays X dollars. Okay, cool. But did you know that a mechanic can have the same salary, the same income per year as a mechanical engineer? The difference is one is hands-on. The other one is literally, you know, designing the things that the other is working on. So part of it is in being, you know, intuitive and knowing what is it that you, the student, likes to do? What do you enjoy? What might you prefer to do? Do you, do you want to be in a cubicle designing things? Do you like that computer type stuff? Or would you rather be hands-on working on the projects that require a certificate versus a four-year degree, right? Or a license. There are so many opportunities out there. But you have to think about, because one of the things that I ask parents, because, you know, the media does a disservice in this entire education process. They really do. Number one, so they, only, they only talk about the debt problem. Everybody has student loan debt. No, they don't. 70% of college students graduate with student loan debt, and that can be anywhere from $5,000 graduating with $5,000 all the way up to as many zeros as you want. But the higher level bunches of zeros is not the majority. The average is actually closer to 30 to $31,000. That's how much they're graduating with. Now to you and me, Jason, that's not a heck of a lot of money. That's a brand new car net, okay? But to yep, a 22 true. year old coming out of school, that's still 400 bucks a month. But one of the things that you have to realize is that you don't have to attend a pricey school to get a really good job. There's, an, there's so many studies out there that prove just the opposite, that prove the name on your diploma makes no difference whatsoever. So if you're curious, you know, if a parent is saying, but I, but I need my child to go to XYZ college because then they'll, quote, get a good job. If you're concerned about that, Look at your state university as an example, or whatever other colleges they might be interested in. 
look at that college, go to their career center and ask this question. Of course, in the days of the pandemic, nothing live has been going on, but ask this question. When everything was live a couple of years back, right. what vendors, what companies were here on your college recruiting day, on your career day? Who was here? Give me that list. I want that list for the last couple of years that people were here. And you will be very surprised to find very reputable, big name, everybody knows it worldwide companies that are recruiting at your state flagship universities. Those are great schools. You don't have to go to something that costs a buttload of money. That's just a waste. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of what happens after your child graduates from college because now they're stuck. Now they're trying to figure out how do I live with my income and half of it outgoing to debt. You know, you have to think about that. Do you, do you want them living on your couch or in your basement forever because they can't afford a place on their own? Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities. And as you mentioned, college degree isn't all there is. There are other options, but you have to think ahead. What is it that you really want to do? What's the real goal? What is the real goal? Is the real goal, well, I need to be able to support a family. Okay. How would you like to do that? In your ideal world, what do you want to do? What would you really want to do? Let's figure out a way to get that opportunity for you without it costing an arm and a leg because it doesn't have to. As you said, come on, guys. Jason has two degrees, an undergrad <laughs> and a master. He did it in so many different ways. You can do this too, but you have to be dedicated to the fact and determined not to have debt. And that's why I'm here today. Because both of my kids graduated with no debt because I was determined to figure out how to do it. This can be done. So I guess the other question though, is a college degree worth it? Yeah, that's the, that, that's the murky, there's no black or white answer to that one. It's, it, there's a lot of gray in that. And, and really the, the true answer is it depends. And it really depends on what degree program you're going to pursue. And you really need to do your due diligence. And this is where I tell people, hey, you should probably go uh, meet with a career coach and have uh, do those assessments that a career coach will do with you and figure out what you're passionate about. The career coach will help you line it up with a degree program that will translate to a good respectable, high quality, high paying job after you graduate. Now, you know, I, I hate to knock on some of these career uh, degree programs, but you know, if you're going to go to school and you, you want to get a degree in art history or music or exercise science or liberal arts or some of the other ones, social work and human services, there's nothing wrong with any of those degree programs. And, and if you're passionate about those fields, that there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, cause we need good people in all of those fields, but I would strongly advise against taking out, you know, a hundred thousand dollars of student loans. If you're going to go work in a nonprofit sector, or if you're going to be a social worker making 30, $35,000 a year, that's where you have to do your research. You say, Hey, 
I, I want to get a music degree. And what do I want to do with that? Oh, well, I want to be a music teacher. Okay, well, you need to go find out how much do music teacher salaries pay. And if they don't pay, if, if they pay $20,000 a year starting out, you really don't want to get in any type of student loan debt to get that degree. That's where you know, that's, that's where we get lost in all these translations. So that's the, that's what people need to do is you got to do your research and determine it's ROI. It's return on investment. Is this return on my investment worth what I'm going to pay into it? So for me and my, my master's program, so I'll back up a little bit because we were talking about that a little bit. This, this kind of trend, this is goes right along with what we're talking about here. So when I started my master's program, I had no idea the value of that degree. I had no idea if that was going to benefit me professionally. Like, is this going to lead to a better job? Is this going to lead to a higher salary? Um, obviously, there, there's always a, the benefit of more education that is, is always great, right? But I didn't know what was going to become of that. So that's why I didn't want to go into debt for it because I had no idea what the return of investment of that degree that I was getting, the professional writing degree, I had no idea. It was a big risk to me, honestly. That was a big risk. I was taking a big chance and a big risk, um, even though it was paid for, right? I had the financial barrier removed, but I did not have the time barrier removed. I still had to make a time commitment to go to school at night, twice a week, and, and to, to go to class to almost 10 o'clock at night for almost three years. That, that's a commitment too. So even though I had the financial commitment removed, I still had to make the time commitment. So I thought, can I do this? Can I physically do this? Um, and what will it be worth? Will it, will it be worth my time? So these are questions that each individual has to, has to ask themselves and take into consideration. A, how much time am I going to need to put into it? And can I do that? B, how much money is it going to cost? Can I do that? And then like for me, I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm not going to go into debt for this because I don't know what it's worth. Now, people make decisions. We know like if you want to get a law degree or you're going to be a doctor, we know those are higher paying salaries. So if you have a guarantee like that, you're like, hey, I'm going to get this degree. I'm going to get a law degree and I'm going to go into debt but I know my first job out of law school, I'm going to make, you know, whatever, $150,000 a year. I have no idea. I'm just making that up. Then you have, it's easier to make that decision to go into debt. If you know that you're going to get a, you know, six figure salary. So, so, the, you know, again, the, that all goes into the decision-making process. Exactly. And one of the things that I realized too, is that there are, when, when you think about this, over the last three decades, society, the powers that be, have been telling everyone you have to get a college degree to be successful in life. That's what we've been telling everyone. I believe it was high-priced colleges that started that rumor. Okay, that's cool. But when you, in, instead of having less than 30% of the population attending college, which is what it was about three decades ago, now you've got probably 80 to 90% attempting to go to college. Well, now you have to offer programs to fill something that these people want. That's where all those underwater basket weaving degrees came from. There's no job associated with that. Think. 
do the research, go to jobs.com or whatever it's called and look up what those jobs actually pay and look up entry level. You want to, you don't want the median job price entry uh, fee salary. You want the entry level. What is my kid going to get paid coming right out of college? Right. Right. And, you know, I mentioned asking the schools who comes here to recruit. The other question to ask is when you go to a specific school and you're getting a specific degree, go to that school and ask the college of X where the degree is coming from. What is the average entry level salary of students with this degree? Now, Here's the caveat. The person sitting at the desk answering the phone probably doesn't know that answer. Bump it up the chain. Because I guarantee you, I promise you, every school keeps track of this. If you get to someone who should know and they say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, we, we, don't, we don't track that. She's lying because they do track it. Colleges whose students come out with decent jobs on average with you know, really good paying jobs. They keep track of that and they use it in their advertising. When you're going to those schools and you ask that question, well, not only do you now have a dollar amount of what your kids should get paid coming out, you can also balance that against what the national average is for that degree program. Now your kid has a negotiating point when he's negotiating his entry-level salary just coming out of college. That is what happened with my own son because the college he went to, very specific, our kids make this much money coming out of school. You have to have the knowledge to make the right decisions. That's the bottom line, correct? Yep, and, and a couple of good websites. I know you're talking about the salary research. There's, uh, there's salary.com and there's glassdoor.com. Um, those are two really good sites. If you wanted to research a specific salary in, a, in an industry or what, what have you, you know, what's the entry level for a public relations, you know, uh, position and, and you can put in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, public relations, entry level jobs, and it'll give you uh, the, the, you know, the average salary per city. If you want to move to a different city, th those are two really good sites that uh, you can do your research on as well that you were talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for mentioning those. There's so many opportunities. I, I can't stress that enough. But the earlier you start this research, the better off you will be. It's not going to come to you on a silver platter. Colleges are offering degrees. Colleges are businesses. You've got to look at it from a business perspective. They are businesses. They have a product to sell. So they want you to buy. And they want you to pay the price. Well, just like discounts at your local department store, colleges give tuition discounts. They don't call it that. They usually call it a scholarship, but it's a discount. That's really what it is 99% of the time. So go to the school that is willing to offer you the discount and make sure that you're going to the right school for you because transferring is going to cost you time and money no matter where you start off at. So true. We've got enough uh, college educated baristas right now. So let's try to make sure, I mean, I, I, I remember even when I was in high school, 
I had a local job at a department store. There were people there with art degrees working the cash register. That's the only job they could get. Think about the degree program you want. Is it really going to result in a paying job? These are just questions you have to ask yourself and questions you have to answer before you make a commitment to the college, university, educational program that you're interested in. Do your research. Jason, thank you so much for being here. Talk to us a little bit about your book and where they can find it. Sure. I actually have it here so I can show it to you on the, if anyone's watching the video, it's called It Is Possible, How I Earned Two Debt-Free Degrees and How You Can Too. So it's actually on Amazon. And the best way to find it is just on my website. You can go straight to my website, which is yourmarginmatters.com. And then from the homepage, you can click right to the uh, Amazon page and, and learn more about the book. And hopefully it will help anybody who is interested in going to college or parents who have kids that are preparing for college, this will give uh, an awful lot of tips. Pretty much everything we just talked about today is all going to be in that book uh, as well. So I really appreciate the time and, and, and opportunity to share some more about my, uh, my personal journey to two debt-free degrees. You can do this. Parents, go to that website. We'll have the link in the show notes. And Jason, thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thank you so much. It was so, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to debtfreedegreepodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's debtfreedegreepodcast.com. See you next time.